So let's dive into why we have a closed heart in the first place, because most people walking on the planet do. And there's a very good reason for this. There's a higher purpose to it. But then there's some very practical reasons why each one of us have different degrees of barriers that are blocking our hearts from being open. Welcome to Sovereign Solutions, a lifestyle podcast for your soul. I am your host, Cody Ann Smith. I'm a spiritual advisor and teacher who is passionate about helping you master your life, upgrading your energy, answering your highest calling, and leaving a legacy that powerfully impacts the world. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for your gift of presence and for spending your quality time and energy here with me on today's show. Now today we are talking about opening our hearts and doing so so that we can be of greater service in the world. Now we all kind of hear it all the time that our biggest wounds become our greatest gifts. And this is so true. But if we are having issues opening our own hearts, then it's going to be very difficult for us to truly lead a prosperous, fulfilling, and joyful life. An open heart allows us to connect with other people. It allows us to feel one with our spouses, with our children, with the planet. It allows us to tap into that oneness instead of feeling so separate. Now, don't get me wrong. This is always a paradox. There's always a paradox with this because we don't want oneness to turn into enmeshment. And if you're not familiar with what enmeshment means, is that the boundaries between two people kind of blur. And it's real important that we can still be in our power, um, but still be able to connect with that other person at a very deep soul level. And as we heal our wounds it helps us to create healthy boundaries and it also allows us to still have that connection with other people. So let's dive into why we have a closed heart in the first place because most people walking on the planet do and there's a very good reason for this. There's a higher purpose to it but then there's some very practical reasons why each one of us have different degrees of barriers that are blocking our hearts from being open. Now, the higher purpose to our suffering is that we can learn to embrace it and it helps our souls learn and grow and expand. So before the soul incarnates, it chooses kind of its theme for life and it chooses its parents. It chooses what kind of people it wants to meet so that it can heal the wounds or work out any karma and that kind of thing. And this is what we call a soul contract. But then at a very practical level, from the human perspective, the reason why our hearts are closed down is because of the experience that we have as being a human. And each person has a very unique way that they learned to perceive the world based on the people in their lives, the environment they grew up in, peers, teachers, school, all these different things shape a person. And the most valuable time that we have to form our 
our beliefs around love and how worthy we are is when we are young. So the way that we are treated when we are young, we develop this attachment. And there's actually a theory that goes with this whole concept, and it's called attachment theory. And it's based on the way that we emotionally connect and attach with our caregivers and our environment and the world around us. And either we can have a secure attachment or we can have an insecure attachment. So depending on our unique upbringing, we can either open our heart or we can close it down. And a lot of us have learned to close it down. When our hearts are closed down, it limits our self-expression. And it forces us to make decisions from our mind. The mind is always the first defense when it comes to guarding the inner child and the emotions. And the mind itself isn't bad. It's great, actually. It makes a very great servant, but a very terrible leader. So when we make decisions from our mind, that means that we're typically not in tune with what our soul and our heart wants. Now, when we want to have real intelligence, not just intelligence as far as intellect, but real intelligence, being able to understand and perceive other people and the world in a very purified way, that requires us to have a balance between our minds and our hearts. It requires us to have that clear channel between those two because they operate best together. And when they are not operating together and we get into relationships or we have friendships or the way that we we just relate to basically anything becomes distorted because there's not that pure channel between the mind and the heart. And so when we get into relationships, we get triggered by other people's shadows because we have not yet owned our own and we get so lost in the three-dimensional material slash physical realm that we forget that there is so much more behind what just meets the eye. And so we see a lot of divorces happening. We see a lot of children who feel estranged because their parents have never quite been able to heal their heart, heal their inner child, balance their mind and their heart together, and it creates more chaos. Now, of course, we can't blame ourselves because this is not common knowledge. Most people walking the planet do not know that we need to balance our mind and our hearts, and then we can be the best parent we can be, or that we can truly be of selfless service. That doesn't really cross our minds very often. We have so much distraction. And so since we get so distracted in this external world with all of our five senses and getting or forgetting that we're more than just this human body, there's this divine suffering, if you will, that we all experience. It can feel like tension in the body. It can trigger anxiety what we also like to refer to as depression, all of these different things that feel painful in our lives are a direct result of the divine 
putting the suffering in our path so that we can wake up to our higher purpose. And our higher purpose is all about healing our wounds, learning through our wounds, and being able to navigate this earth academy that we all live in. So we each come here with a higher purpose. And that higher purpose is found in our relationships. There's a purpose to each one of our relationships. And it always serves to help heal that inner child, heal the wound, the core wound that we all have. Each one of us have a core wound. It's a matter of which core wound that you have that's more highlighted for you that will play out as an archetype in your life. And there's six basic core wounds. The first core wound is repression. That's where we repress our feelings, where we don't really want to look at them, where they're just kind of shoved down, shoved away, and we pretend that they're not there. The second core wound is denial. So it's denial that we might even have feelings in the first place or denial of our truest, deepest emotions. So it's a little different than repression because repression is aware and it pushes them away. But denial almost acts as if those emotions don't even exist or we have really hard times being able to see our part in the creation of our own suffering. The third core wound is shame. I think we've all felt that once or twice, maybe even more. (laughs) But shame, that's the third core wound. And that's all about not feeling worthy, feeling really bad about just who you are as a person with no reason, really. I mean, there's healthy, healthy shame and then there's toxic shame. And what I believe we're referring to here is toxic shame where we don't feel worthy of even our own existence sometimes. The fourth core wound is rejection. So somebody with this core wound might feel uh, like they've been rejected their whole entire life, or maybe they reject other people before those people can hurt them. Or maybe they just have a really deep fear of rejection, right? So rejection shows up in many different ways, but that is the fourth core wound. The fifth core wound is guilt. And guilt also can be toxic or it can be healthy guilt. If we do something that we need to feel guilty about, then of course, you know, that's good to feel that guilt. But if we feel guilty for things that are out of our control, or maybe we get projected on and we automatically, maybe we're suffering from enmeshment and we perceive somebody else's perception of us as our own truth and we start to own that. So if somebody gets into a relationship, for example, and they're with somebody who's constantly projecting all of what they do onto another person, well, the line five core wound is somebody who might feel guilty because they might identify with other people's projections. And so they might feel guilt that isn't even theirs. Or maybe there's guilt that they have that they haven't quite healed yet. And then we have the sixth core wound, and that's of separation. Feeling separate from one another. Maybe feeling separate from our parents. Maybe we grew up feeling like they weren't there for us and we felt this deep sense of separation. 
people with this uh, core wound might have separation anxiety or they might be really stuck in only seeing things from their own way instead of being able to uh, look at somebody else's point of view because they feel so different and separate from another person that they don't even they don't even give it a second thought or maybe they feel separated from their spirit there's many ways that this core wound can look but it's always based on the person's upbringing and then there's layers to all of these core wounds that shut the heart down little by little right so from the age of 0 to 7 for example and i am speaking gene keys here so we're talking about the venus sequence but from the ages of 0 to 7 you as a person you have not yet built your faculties of your mental defenses or your emotional defenses so let's say that somebody who is at that age 0 to 7 lives in a completely toxic environment well they don't have very many buffers and so everything that they experience they feel it deeply lodged inside of their bodies and it can be something that they are not aware of so they continue to carry this deep sense of tension and uh, trauma in their bodies throughout their lives until they do this deep inner healing work that allows them to finally release it but then when we turn about 8 to 14 years old, that's when our emotional faculties set in. That's when our emotional development is really at its peak. And so with that, we learn how to defend ourselves at an emotional level. And that's that emotional shadow that we have. Everybody has this. It's just a mechanism to protect the inner child to avoid feeling that core wound. So then at the age of about 15 to 21, we have our mental defenses. Our mental defenses are here to guard, the, to be another layer to guard the heart and the emotions and so on and so forth. And most people are walking around in their mental defenses because so many of us don't realize how our minds work in the first place, let alone the fact that they shouldn't be the decision makers, but that they should be the servant to our heart right? And so there's things that happen in our lives between the ages of zero and 21 that form our defenses. And then it plays out in our relationships. That's where we see it the most, or maybe in family dynamics, or maybe between children sometimes, depending on, again, how the person was brought up. And so what do we do to heal all of this stuff so that we can become whole adults again with a happy inner child. What do we do? How do we heal the heart? Well, we first have to get our nervous system intact. So we have to make sure that we aren't feeling tension and that we're feeling high strung or that we're feeling sped up inside of our bodies. We want our nervous systems to feel calm before we work on the heart. So that's the first step. We have to learn how to relax, right? Relax our bodies, let go of the tension, and ground ourselves into our core stability. That's what stabilizes us. 
And then from there, we have to make a commitment to work with our relationships in order to heal our inner child. Because it is no secret that many people grow up and they get into relationships that almost mirror exactly what their parents used to do. So it re-traumatizes, it re-triggers the person. I can't tell you how many times I have heard people say, oh my gosh, my husband is just like my mom or my dad or the opposite. My wife is basically like my mom. I've heard that many, many times and I've experienced it myself. And that's because we are looking for healing. We're looking for that that healing of um, separation that all of us actually have because we all actually have these all the core wounds, but some of them are more highlighted for each one of us. And you can find which ones are more highlighted for you in your specific gene keys. But it's important that you know your time of birth for that because it does tend to change some of those in the Venus sequence. But yes, each one of us have a purpose for our relationships. And it's to help open our heart and heal that child. So once we feel calm in our bodies and we make that commitment to healing our inner child through relationships, that's when we can start to peel the layers back. So if you are somebody who's in a relationship and you end up getting in arguments often, well, instead of engaging with the argument and almost forgetting that the relationship is only there to help you heal, and you just take a pause. And instead of attacking back, you start to ask, where is my mental defenses showing up? And then you start to contemplate that. And the more that we catch the shadows, the less power that they have. But there's a process to this. Because remember, we want to be very calm and our nervous systems to be very intact before we take on this work. So we want some preparation. But then as we start understanding the purpose of our relationships and we understand why we've attracted people and situations to us, that's when we can start to work on the first defense and that's the mind. And then we can start to work on the emotional defense. And then we start working on that inner child that had no boundaries to buffer, no emotional or mental boundaries to buffer maybe the chaos or adversity that they experienced and start to free that inner child again. And through that, we end up tapping into the gift of our core wound. We understand that that core wound wasn't necessarily here so that we could experience hell on earth. I mean, maybe a little bit, but it doesn't mean that that's what we needed to experience our entire lives. And then we realize that it can be heaven on earth because our hearts open up and then we naturally want to be of service. So our core wound turns into our biggest service to the world. And then we take ourselves out into society and from there, we start to attract prosperity. So healing the heart is a journey, and it takes time, and it takes patience, 
And it takes a lot of compassion for oneself. I know that for a lot of us, it is so easy to give our empathy and compassion and love to other people. But when it comes to giving it to ourselves, it can be the most tough thing ever because we don't feel like we deserve it. But it's time to say that we do. It's time to recognize the higher purpose behind what's going on here and to open up our hearts. And the more that we do that, the more that we create strong families, right? We First, we create strong individuals, which is you and me and whoever else is doing this work. But then we create strong families. And then the families create strong communities. And then the strong communities create even bigger communities, which eventually will have a global impact, right? And we want these to be sustainable, We want to create sustainable communities. And the way that we do that is through answering our highest calling. And everybody has one. That calling might not be, go be a doctor. It might not be, go be an author. It might be those things, but it also has to do with the quality of the consciousness that we are bringing to those tasks. Because that is where true joy, true fulfillment comes from. It's not from just doing the thing and getting it done. Because then there's always something else. It's the journey. It's the process. It's the experiences that we have along the way that make it truly worthwhile. So, with that being said, I want to invite you to join many of us who are going to be participating in this incredible virtual retreat, the Venus Sequence Deep Dive, hosted by Richard Rudd and Tanmayo Lawson. It's going to be an incredible journey into the heart. And this kind of work is not meant to be done alone. When we're opening our hearts, it really requires us to have other people. We need support. We need to have a community. And I know that it can be extremely hard to allow people to see who you really are and what kind of things are, you know, behind all those layers. But I promise you that just being witnessed alone is extremely powerful. This is a six-month virtual retreat, and it's only $350, which is a steal of a deal considering how much value you're going to get how much your life is going to change, and how much healing you're going to experience. If you took the deep dive, the first one with the activation sequence, you know that this is worth it because that one was absolutely incredible. The meditations alone are worth it. So I have a feeling that this one is going to be even more powerful, and this is the prime time to do it. Right now in 2020, things have been shaken up. We as lightworkers are being called like we have never been before, and this 2020 is just getting the ball rolling. We are not done. There is so much work that's ahead of us that's coming down the pipes that it's going to be absolutely essential that we open our hearts because there's going to be a lot of things that we see more than likely. And so it's going to take us to start building these sustainable communities. And so it starts November 2nd. If you're interested, go into the description of this episode and I will have a link right there. It'll be the first one when you scroll down 
I look forward to seeing you there and I will talk to you on the next one. Have a beautiful rest of your week.